Hey, this is Luke Vaughn, the assistant youth pastor at The Rock Youth, and we are so excited for you to hear our latest sermon. Take a listen. How are you doing? Good? We awake? Cool. Um, cool, cool. Before I start my message today, um, there is a very special video from some very special people, and uh, that's all I'm going to say, so roll it. obviously Aaron um, and Cassidy's here with me but there's one more person that we really want you guys to meet this is Elijah David Hammerstrom and he is obviously sleeping say hi to the camera say hi it's your time to make your famous debut and he is stinking cute very cute hasn't cried that much I mean you know but uh, we miss you guys. I wish I was with you today. Um, but we'll be back soon. And uh, pray for us, obviously. New parents over here. We need all the prayer we can get. But I love you guys. I'll see you soon. Um, yeah. So Aaron and Cassidy had their baby. Little baby Eli. Um, they had him on Friday night just as we were finishing youth. And, uh, yeah, it was, it's, I'm excited to meet that kid. I already love him already. Um, oh, hey, that's fun. Uh, so I'm going to pray for us one more time, and then I'm going to get started. Cool? Cool. Jesus, we love you so much, God, and we lay this service at your feet. I pray, Lord, that as we move into this time of the message, that our hearts would just be open to you, to what you're speaking to into our lives, Jesus, that you would speak through me, Lord, and that um, these students would leave here feeling closer with you than ever before. You know, we pray. Amen. Amen. Cool, cool. So today we are starting um, our new series, God Stories. Um, we did it a few years ago um, when Aaron was the middle school guy and I was like youth intern when I was in high school um, up in the cafe when we were middle school services. But um, it'll be different. It's not the same thing. Um, but basically what we wanted to talk about in this series is we wanted to talk about some of the stories in the Bible um, that like don't really get covered a ton. Some of those really cool stories that like you don't always hear about, you know? Because I feel like a lot of times in church we'll talk about, obviously we talk about Jesus, we should always be talking about Jesus. Um, but then we'll talk about like uh, David or Daniel or um, Paul or any of those things. And that's super cool and that's awesome. Uh, but at the same time, like there's so much more in here than just like the regular stories we read about. Um, and I think like it's in there for a reason, you know what I mean? Uh, so yeah, anyway, quick side note. Um, do any of you guys remember being like, a kid like eight, seven or eight years old, and like you have like some Halloween or harvest party, not quote, disclaimer, not promoting Halloween. Anyway, um, uh, you have some like Halloween party or harvest party or costume party, um, and like you look back at photos now and you're like, man, that was really weird what I dressed up of as, as a kid. Nobody? Just me? Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, Natalie. Okay, yeah, sweet. Uh, I'm not alone. Uh, but basically, um, when I was like eight years old, I saw this photo um, on my phone when I was going through old photos the other day. Um, I, uh, you know how most kids, are, like, they want, if they want to dress up as like a superhero, they'll dress up as like, I mean, now it's like there's like Captain America and Iron Man, uh, like Superman and stuff. Uh, so most kids will be like, oh, like I want to be like Batman for Halloween or something. I wanted to be Robin one year. It was really weird looking back. Uh, they had, like, some thing at Party City. I didn't, like, make a costume or anything. Um, but, like, looking back, I'm like, that's weird. Like, why did I want to be, like, the sidekick? Like, he's lame. Like, he's got, like, no superpowers. He's, like, a kid. I don't know. Maybe I like him because he's a kid. But, like, Batman's cool. Robin's, like, 
in red, yellow, and green. Like, you can see that in the middle of the night. Um, there's no secrecy. Uh, but anyway, um, why am I talking about this? Uh, because um, the person I am talking about for the first part of our God story series is Timothy. Uh, and when you look at, like, there's Timothy's story in the Bible, um, the way I kind of think about it is, like, Timothy was the Robin to Paul's Batman. Uh, so Paul was, like, after Jesus um, uh, resurrected on the third day and ascended to heaven, um, Paul, like, after Jesus totally wrecked his life, and we've talked about it in youth before, like, Paul used to be a crucifier of Christians. His name was Saul. He hated Christians, and the Lord totally stepped into his life, intervened. He changed his name from Saul to Paul, and he became, like, the head of the church um, in those times. Uh, basically, so Paul's, like, the head honcho, and Timothy was, like, this kid that he took under his wing. Um, and something I think that's really cool about Timothy uh, is that, like, if you look at, like, historical data and all that. I know there's some, like, conflicting things, but what I've grown up hearing and what I, like, did some research on this, like, last week is that Timothy was, like, a teenager. Timothy was, like, your guys' age. Timothy was going on all these mission trips with Paul. Timothy was, like, speaking at, pastoring, not just speaking at and helping out, but, like, actually leading and, like, setting up and pastoring all these churches while he was still your age. Like, he was 18 or not, I guess you're not, some of you guys are 18, but he was, like, somewhere between, like, they say somewhere between, like, 16 and 25. Um, but still, like, that's insane that he was basically, like, one of, like, the number two or three guys out of the church in, like, the entire world. Like, not just, like, the rock church, but, like, if it was, like, the entire church. Because back then it was, like, the church was being set up after Jesus ascended to heaven. So all you had was, like, the church. It wasn't, like, oh, you have the rock in Danville. You have all these other denominations. You have all this stuff. Like, it was just, there's the church. There's the church in this city. There's the church in San Ramon. There's a church in Danville. There's all these churches in all these cities. Um, and Timothy was, like, pastoring a lot of those churches. Um, so in prepping for this message, I, like, when I was reading about it, there's two books in the Bible named after Timothy that are letters, um, and they're called First and Second Timothy, but they're not written by Timothy. They're written by Paul. Uh, so they are, um, it's cool is that in the Bible, there's not a lot, like, from Timothy, where, like, there's, like, parts of the Bible where it's like, oh, Jesus said this, or Paul wrote this, or John wrote this. There's a lot in the Bible about Timothy, and I think there's two really big things that we can learn from Timothy's life. Uh, so there's going to be covered two things today. The first is that you're never too young. Um, you are never too young. What do I mean by that? Uh, there's this chunk of scripture uh, in 1 Timothy 4. And like I said, Timothy, he was your age. Like, he was doing all these crazy things for the Lord when he was your age. He was like a high school kid setting up all these churches, doing things that, like, we would think, like, a 30- or 40-year-old person would do right now. Um, or at least that's what I think, like, the thing that pops up in my head is. Uh, but the first chunk of scripture is 1 Timothy 4, 12 through 14. Uh, and it says, that's 2 Timothy, not 1 Timothy. Uh, where is it? There it is. It says, 1 Timothy 4, 12 through 14, let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture, to exhortation, to teaching. Do not neglect the gift you have, which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. I'm going to reread the first verse. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Uh, and basically what that verse is saying is that, like, there's no kids' table in Christianity. You know, when you're at, like, a family reunion or Christmas or Thanksgiving and you have to sit at the kids' table when you're, like, maybe some of you guys still have to. When you're, yeah, na yeah, again, Natalie, yeah, you still have to. I get it. Yeah, I appreciate the response. Um, uh, like, uh, you still have to sit at that kids' table and you're, like, oh, I'm stuck here. I want to go to be at the adults' table, but I'm stuck at the kids' table. I remember I was, like, probably, like, 14 and, like, at my... Um, my mom's side of the family, like, we had, like, our holidays were, like, smaller, uh, so I would, like, you know, kind of one big table. Then at my, uh, or no, sorry, my dad's side of the family. 
it was actually one big table. But my mom's side of the family, it was like, okay, everyone's over here, and then all the kids are going to be in this other room. And I remember I was like 14. I was like, finally, like, this is it. I'm going to be able to sit at the adult table. Here we go. I'm, I'm, this is it. Like, big mark of my life. Uh, and I walk in, and I'm like, cool, Thanksgiving. I'm talking to all these adults. Like, let's, okay, like, yeah, like, okay, hi, hi, Hannah. Hi, my cousin who's younger than me. Hi, yeah, cool, whatever. You go sit over there. I'm at the adults table. Um, and then I go to sit down, and my mom and dad were like, yeah, hey, you're, you're, you're sitting, like, what are you doing? You're, you're sitting at the kids' table. And I was like, oh, um, and then I had to sit at the kids' table with my cousins the rest of the night. And I was like, I mean, it was fine, but it was like, ugh, like I'm at the kids' table. I'm stuck here. I don't want to be stuck here. I'm not a kid anymore. But, like, I was. I was 14. Um, uh, basically, what this verse is saying is that in Christianity, there's no kids' table. There is no, like, wait time for you to start living out the calling that God has on your life. Uh, I think, you know, Aaron and I talk about it a lot, but it's really important to understand that, like, what we talk about in youth, what you guys hear in church, what you hear from the Lord, what you read about in your Bible, like all those things, they're not for when you're older. I have friends who like, they're like, oh, I'll figure out my faith when I'm older. I'll figure it out later. Um, but no, like it's, it's for now. Like Jesus is calling you um, to live out your faith now. Uh, and there's this really cool verse in Acts 2.17. I'm going to flip to it right now. Um, and it's one of my favorite verses because I think um, – it's also a quote from the Old Testament, too, from Joel 2, but I'm reading out of Acts 2.17. It's one of my favorite verses because uh, when, I, like, there were times when I was in high school when I'm, like, doubting if I'm really hearing from the Lord. Or, like, oh, it's just my own head. Like, I'm, like, a kid, all this stuff. Um, this verse popped in my mind, and I think it's really assuring and comforting and gives me, like, and gives you, hopefully gives you, like, strength uh, in your faith. It says, and in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Your, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall see dreams. Um, I think that is so cool. Like, there's no, like, wait time for your faith. Uh, a couple weeks ago, um, how many of you guys have, like, either gotten or tried to get, like, a PS5? A couple of you guys? No? Yeah, Sean? Yeah, sweet. Uh, Seth? Cool. Um, so a couple weeks ago, I, you know, I don't play video games as much as I did when I was, like, in middle school or high school, but, like, I still occasionally like to do it, um, and there's some cool stuff coming out, uh, but basically, I was like, all right, I'm gonna get a PS5 today, I have all this, this stuff set up, my friend Jonathan, who works here, uh, he, uh, has, like, he's, like, plugged in all, like, the notifications for the PS5, like, he's, like, getting alerts, like, he's, like, oh, they're restocking at 3 a.m. on this day, and I'm, like, all right, I'm not waking up at 3 a.m., like, that's not happening, like, advanced knows what I'm talking about, uh, but, um, there was one that was, I got like an email from PlayStation saying like, dear PlayStation Network user, PlayStation 5 available tomorrow at 12, log in. I was like, let's go, I'm going to do it. Um, so like I log in, I get in the queue, and it's like 40 minutes. I'm like, okay, sweet, I'm in the queue, we're good, we're good, we're good. And I'm like, I'm waiting, I'm just literally sitting like with my phone for 40 minutes waiting. Um, and like it finally gets out of the queue, and I go on there, and they were sold out. Uh, so I wasted my time doing nothing. Uh, and I still don't have a PlayStation 5. But the point is, like, there's no wait time. There's no cue to your faith. There's no, like, oh, I have to wait till I'm, like, Luke or Aaron's age to be able to do this. I have to wait until I'm old enough to be able to, like, walk out my spiritual gifts. Like, no, like, just like that said, that verse said at the end of second, at the end of 1 Timothy 4, um, 4 verse... Uh, 14. Um, it says, do not neglect the gift you have, which was given by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Like the spiritual gifts that the Lord has poured out in your life, um, like speaking in tongues and healing and prayer for people and having words of knowledge for people and like some people like see, like get visions from the Lord. Like all those things, like that's not for tomorrow. Like God is calling you to live that out today. 
Um, and I think, like, Timothy's life is a really good reminder that, like, God's calling on your life. Like, there's no wait time for it. It's now. Um, and I'm not saying that, like, there are going to be times. So there are going to be times in your life where the Lord is like, okay, like, I'm calling you into something. Um, but you don't know what it is, and that's later in your life. And that's fine. But what I'm trying to tell you is that, like, the calling on your life to live out a life that glorifies God, spreads the love of Jesus, and, like, you're operating in your spiritual gifts, like, all those things, like, that's for today. Like, you're not too young. And Timothy's life really exemplifies that. Um, uh, but when I think about moving to my next point, uh, you have to th- I, th- I was thinking, like, when I was writing the sermon, I was like, okay, but, like, who taught Timothy that? Like, Timothy didn't just, like, okay, yeah, hey, I'm not, I'm not young. I'm not too young able to do this. Like, when Aaron and I started working in ministry, we didn't, like, walk in here and be like, I'm going to be a youth pastor. Give me the mic. Like, it wasn't anything like that. Like, someone had to raise up Timothy. Someone raised up me. Someone raised up Aaron. Like, there were all, there were all these people before us and before Timothy. So who taught Timothy those things? Paul. Um, Paul really understood the importance of the next generation. So something else I want you guys to leave here today with is not to forget who's next. Don't forget who's next. Um, uh, in Acts 16, 1 through 5, uh, it kind of details uh, how Paul, like, got to know Timothy and, like, raised him up in his faith to, like, go out with him. Uh, in Acts 16, 1 through 5, it says, Paul came also to Derby and to Lystra. A disciple was there named Timothy, the son of a Jewish woman who was a believer, but his father was a Greek. He was well spoken of by the brothers at Lystra and Iconium. That's a weird name. Uh, Paul wanted Timothy to accompany him, and he took him and circumcised him because of the Jews who were in those places, for they all knew his father was a Greek. As they went on their way through the cities, they delivered to them for observance the decisions that had been reached by the apostles and elders who were in Jerusalem. So the churches were strengthened in the faith, and they increased in numbers daily. Uh, Paul, and later in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 2, like it says that Paul saw Timothy as like a son in the faith. Uh, and you might be thinking like, okay, yeah, I get it. Like, you really care about youth. Duh. You work in youth. Like, all this stuff. Um, but... No, like, there's a reason why Aaron works in youth and why I work in youth and why Paul led Timothy. Um, and it's cool, too, because Paul, I think based on what I read, like, Paul was, like, older than Timothy. Like, he was, like, 10, I think he was, like, 10 to 15 years older than Timothy. Don't quote me on that. Um, but uh, he wasn't, like, old enough to, like, be Timothy's dad. It wasn't, like, oh, like, the way, like, maybe, like, I see, like, Pastor Rick or somebody. It wasn't, like, oh, like, that's someone who's, like, older than me and leading me in that. And, like, that's great. Um, but Paul with Timothy was actually, like, only a little bit older than him, kind of like how um, me and Aaron are, like, older than you guys, but not older, enough, old enough, older than you guys enough to be, like, your parents. Um, and Paul really understood, like, the importance of raising up someone behind him and leaving a legacy and raising Timothy up so that Timothy could pour out into other people. Uh, and honestly, like, when I think about why I do youth, like, I work in youth ministry because I love spending time with you guys. I think the age that you guys are at, like, it is so important right now for you guys to understand um, the importance of making your faith your own at this age because it sets your life up for so many other greater things in the future if you start following Jesus when you're still in middle school or high school. Um, But when I think about, like, how I got here, how I got to the position I'm in, it's because somebody poured into me. Like, when I first, I remember my first day, I grew up at this church. I think you guys pretty much all know that. Uh, but I grew up here. I remember my first day walking into this building. The building was way different. It was, like, carpeted. Like, there was a basketball hoop over here. There was a rock wall over there. There was a stage was, like, over there. The sound booth was on that back wall. Maybe some of you guys remember it. There were, like, some arcade games. Uh, saying it out loud, and, like, the chairs were in the middle. Saying it out loud, like, it sounds like a really weird setup. It was faced that way. Um, but I thought it was, like, the coolest place on earth. Uh, and I remember my first day when I walked into youth, 
Um, I was like sixth grade. I had like been in kids ministry, and I was like, all right, here we go. Like this is youth. Like this is I'm finally with like the big kids. Um, uh, as you can tell from my kids table uh, story and this, like I wanted to be with the big kids. Uh, but basically, um, I'm walking in. I didn't know anybody, and I was like, okay, like this is weird. Like I'm like smaller than everybody else. Like what the heck? Um, and uh, I remember the the. Um, one of the leaders at the time walked up to me, and he was like, hey, man, like, what's your name? How are you? Like, what grade are you in? And he really, like, he got to know me. Um, and later that guy became my youth pastor at one point, uh, and, like, he really poured into my life. And if it wasn't for him, like, I wouldn't be working in ministry right now. Uh, I wouldn't be where I am right now. But because, like, he took a chance on pouring into my life, and he heard from the Lord, and he chose to dedicate part of his life to pouring into students. Um, like, so many more lives have been changed than even he knows about. Uh, and the same thing has happened with Aaron and all the other pastors here. Like, we work in ministry, and we do these things uh, for a lot of reasons, but we're here because somebody first poured into us. And, like, that, we understand the importance of that. Um, you might be thinking, like, okay, but I'm too young to pour into somebody. Well, you're not too young. Uh, like, even some of you, like, when I look around this room, like, some of you high schoolers, like, some of you guys are, like, future youth leaders. Some of you guys are, like, people who might work in ministry or serve in ministry one day. And, like, I already see it sometimes with some of your, um, the, the younger students that you guys are with or your families. Um, I was talking to a student's mom the other day, and I know this family pretty well. Um, and uh, she was telling me how uh, there were parts of um, the last two years in the trials that they had walked through that her son had, like, spiritually led their family through. And he was only in high school. And this is, like, a mom telling me this, like, a legitimate adult. Like, I'm an adult, but, like, this is, like, a legit, like, middle-aged parent saying, like, oh, no, like, over the last two years, like, there have been, like, things we have walked through that my son has said, no, we're going to pray about this. We're going to go to the church about this. We're going to talk to our pastors about this. I'm going to, we're going to give these things to the Lord. And, like, she was telling me how uh, by, like, him doing that, she was, like, all right, I mean, I, I don't really, this is really cool, and but it's hard for me, but hey, like, you know, like, never, like, that verse from First Timothy, like, never doubting someone because they're too young. Like, God's calling you right now um, to move in your faith and to pour into those around you. Uh, and it's cool is that in Timothy's life, if you look at his family, you can see, like, a generational pattern of it. In Second Timothy 1, verse 5, uh, it says... Where is it? There it is. Um, it says, I, this is from Paul to Timothy. It says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. And then in 2 Timothy 3, 14 and 15, it says, But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Um. Timothy's life was changed because obviously like the Lord moved in his life, but Timothy's life was changed because Paul poured into him and because of like the faith that his grandma and his mom had that set him up to like love the Lord and live a life that glorified Jesus. Um, and I know like this might be over some of your guys' heads. Like why is Luke talking about grandkids right now? I'm 12. I don't want grandkids right now. I want to go play Xbox with my friends after church. Um, but the point is, whether you grew up in a Christian household or not. I grew, I was blessed to grow up in a Christian household. And for me, like, when I read this verse, it reminds me of, like, my abuela Aida pouring into my mom Priscilla, who poured into me, or my nana Marianina, who poured into my dad Chris, who poured into me. Um, I think about those things, 
Uh, and I think about how, like, if it wasn't for those people who came before me, if it wasn't for the people who were praying for me all the time, pouring into the p- other people who came before me, who then poured into me, and if, like I said earlier, if it wasn't for the youth leaders and the youth pastors that I've had who poured into me, I wouldn't be living the life I'm living today. And then, like, even now I think about, like, okay, I'm working in ministry. I'm, hopefully, the Lord is working through me to change some of your guys' lives. And, like, if it wasn't for those people who came before me and those people who took a chance on me and poured into me, I wouldn't be in the position I'm in now. And that some of the, like, our students' lives wouldn't be the same way they are now. And the same thing is with Aaron and with all the other pastors who work here. But even if you don't live in a Christian household, like, you can be that person. You can be that person who is someone's grandfather or grandmother in however many years, and they look back, and they can say, no, because of them, like, I, my, I lived a life that my entire life, it is a testimony that they never, like, left the Lord. Like, for me, I think a lot of times we think about, like, people sharing testimonies. It's like, whoa, like, you were this kind of person before Christ, like, and then he saved you? Like, that's insane. Or like, whoa, you hated the Lord, and then he saved you? Like, that's crazy. And that those are, those testimonies are, I love those testimonies. They are so awesome. Um, but sometimes as a kid, I would feel insecure because I didn't really have that. Like, I grew up in a Christian household, um, and my testimony was like, yeah, I was born in a Christian household. I gave my life to the Lord when I was four, and I loved Jesus when I was a kid. Obviously, there's other stuff now. Um, but I felt kind of insecure about that before. But one time somebody told me, uh, they said, no, like, you not having, quote, unquote, not having a testimony, like, that's your testimony. Um, and it speaks to, like, how much, like, your life has, like, like been devoted to the Lord. Like, that is a testimony in and of itself. Um, and that's because of the people who came before me. So whether there's someone in your life who poured into you like that or not, like, you can make a choice today to live a life that glorifies God, live a life that where your eyes are just focused on the Lord and you want nothing else but Jesus and what he has for you. If you make that choice today, like you are not only affecting your life, you are affecting the lives of the people younger than you, the people that you're pouring into. And like you're affecting people you might never even meet. Like my kids are gonna love the Lord one day because of the people who came way before me. Like my great grandparents like aren't gonna like meet my grandkids. But because of my great-grandparents and my grandparents, like, my great-grandkids hopefully are going to love the Lord. And, like, they never even met them. Like, they're, it's like one of those things, you know, at school, when, like, you tell someone a secret and you're like, hey, like, don't tell anybody, like, and then, like, it goes from one person to two people. Then those two people tell, like, another person each, and then it's four people, then eight, then 16, then 32, 64, and so on and so forth. Like, the same thing can be true of your faith. Like, when you continue to live a life that glorifies God, when you make a choice now at a young age to say, no, like, I'm going to live for the Lord and not just like go to church on Sunday and say I read my Bible and do all these things, but actually live a life where my actions reflect Jesus' will for my life. When you make those choices, like they span so much farther than you even know about. Like you saying right now in a set, like in just a literally one minute saying like, okay, Lord, I'm living my life for you. Like, you making that choice, like, that reverberates through generations. And I don't think there's a lot of choices that we can make in life that are like that. I think that's, like, the epitome and the most, like, maybe the only choice that really affects people to that extent. Like, just, like I said, like, so because Lois 
Timothy's grandmother, poured into Timothy's mom, Eunice, who poured into Timothy. And because Paul poured into Timothy, Timothy was working at all these churches and setting up all these places that were on fire for the Lord. And he was changing all these people's lives. And then those people went on to establish the church and so on and so forth. And it grew into the church that we have today. Like, and it's not about numbers. It's not what I'm trying to tell you. What I'm trying to tell you is if you make that choice today, you are going to affect or you're going to allow the Lord to move through your life in ways that you can't even expect that are going to affect and change the lives of so many people, people that you will never, ever meet years and years from now for like for their entire life, for the better. So if there's anything that you guys leave with today, I want you to leave with the idea that right now, not when you're older, not when you're an, an, an adult or anything like that, that right now, at the age you're in right now, middle school or high school, you can make a choice, whether, and this is not, I'm not just saying like you can be saved. Like, of course, absolutely, you can give your life to the Lord. But even for those of us who like are already like followers of Jesus, like you can make a choice right now to legitimately live out your faith every day and glorify God through your actions. And by doing that, like you are affecting like tens of hundreds of thousands of people that you will never even meet. That was such an amazing sermon. If you want to connect with us here at The Rock Youth, follow us on Instagram at The Rock Church YTH, subscribe to our YouTube channel, or follow us on Spotify by searching The Rock YTH, or text The Rock Youth MS or The Rock Youth HS to 33222 for texting updates on everything we have here going on at The Rock Youth. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast feed. We'll see you next time.